0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Max, bright and early where you are. I appreciate your energy, man. Uh, how long have you been playing fantasy football for?
2: I've been playing fantasy for about four years now, but kind of started out like everybody else, like in a work league where like really had no clue what I was doing. Bunch of
1: yeah, where you were drafting like a quarterback with the first overall pick.
2: Yeah, I think I took well, I I think I took Josh Allen. That like for oh, first year he like- was kind of decent. Yeah. So I kinda got lucky. Um, but I think I took like Patrick Mahomes like the third overall pick or something stupid like that.
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that because like, you know, my first year of doing that, like I did it with uh, Peyton Manning, you know, so like I took Peyton Manning the fifth overall pick and I'm like, wait a second, my team doesn't have any running backs. This is not, how did this happen? So <laughs> how old a guy are you?
2: I'm 22. So I turned 23 in December. So still relatively young in the space for sure.
1: Yeah. But man, I, I, the reason that I wanted to introduce you to see Rotowire, like I said, has been around for, for decades, but, and and there's a lot of sharp players. We've had a lot of longtime subscribers, but I think that I, you know, I've, I'm big on TikTok. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always there. I'm looking at content, and immediately I was drawn to what you're doing over there because I think you get it. I think you get it over there. And we're gonna talk a lot yes. about social media and fantasy football. Um, so how long have you been on? And for those who don't know, it's Max Jacobson, right? I said mm-hmm. your last name right? Yep. Yep. And- you said it right. Yeah, well, well, I think one of the best followers on uh, on TikTok and on social media and on Twitter, and not just because of fantasy football, man, but I, I like when you fight with people, too. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I, think you got, I think you have the, uh, the fighting spirit. So talk to me about how you first got on TikTok and started building your social media following from there and combine that with your love of fantasy football.
2: Yeah, so um, in all honesty, I just like – I remember – like two or three years ago, I would like wake up in the mornings and I just like, I wanted to, I've always been super competitive. So I want to win anything I was doing. And it happened to be that fancy football is something that like me and my work buddies and like a lot of my close friends are getting really into. And I was like, you know, honestly, like the advice I'm getting from like these guys on YouTube and stuff, like that, I feel like, I feel like I could do that. I feel like I understand that just, just as well as they do. And I was like, dude, I don't feel like editing a 25 minute video though on YouTube where I'm going through my top 30 wide receivers for the week. Like I'm, I'm probably good on that right now. I don't want to go that deep. You know, so then I was like, you know, I can start making one minute videos on TikTok. Like, why not? It's super easy. And it just kind of blew up right away. I remember um, it was November of 2020. So I started making my first couple of videos and it was just like starts of the week, sets of the week, stuff like that. And on TikTok, it's just really organic and just really easy for the user to just blow up out of nowhere. So um, it just kind of took flight right away and then just grew a following. And then I was like, well, I probably should really, really make sure my content is decent and. Um, I've always been one, like like you said I'm just always open to arguing and and um debating on things and just I'm super like strong-headed and stuff like that so I I could piss off a lot of people, but people can always really love it too, like kind of what you were mentioning. But yeah, that's kind of how I got started on TikTok. You know, it's funny. You said that
1: Like, you wanted to make sure you have quality because when you first start, you have that freedom. Like when you start any social media platform, you're like, I don't give an F. I'm just going to go out there and just say whatever I want. But as as your following grows, you start feeling a little (laughs) bit of responsibility to make it a little bit more. And you you have that push and pull of – of good content versus who you truly are so i, I think yeah. you found that balance i think it's it's pretty funny because you, know, you know the battle i fight internally and i think a little bit less now here at rotowire was you know what they say like when i was like oh i'm going to start a tiktok account this is about a year and a half ago maybe a year ago they said oh isn't that 15 year olds dancing on <laughs> i mean you, you mean that's the age-old app but what they don't realize is that it's a wide open space for fantasy football yeah. so uh, and then the, your Max is here to promote his draft kit, which you know we're going to go over. We're going to go over some players that yeah. that he doesn't like versus the market, and he he thinks are being overdrafted right now. And I yeah. and I love this list, and I'm you know we'll go through some of those ranks. Uh, but I just want to find a little bit more. Um, so, are you a full time student? Do you work in fantasy football? Are you trying to? Is your goal to be a full time fantasy football content creator? What What does it look like for you?
2: Yeah. So. What I'm doing with the Fantasy Football AZ brand is right now it was just like a one man show, Um, kind of just me editing everything, me filming everything. Like you can see my whiteboard right over there. Like there's a lot of just my ideas up there of like videos I want to make. And going into like this next kind of season and this next year, really of my life, I'm going into full time content creation. So um, stuff on YouTube, um, stuff on Snapchat, working with like a full-time editing team, um, should be, it should be cool. Um, but yeah, I want to go into full-time content creation. I don't want to waste a following that I've, that I've been, I've been given and, um, definitely want to do something with it. But as for like jobs outside of that, I'm out of school. So I'm not in school anymore. I was in real estate school for a while, um, was pursuing that, but I just, I, I'm not a huge, like, I, I love sales. I, I'm really good at sales, but I don't love the business of it. So, um, don't really want to go into sales anymore. So I'm going to do some fantasy stuff. And then, um, I also work for a company called young life if you heard of them. So yeah, I do that, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I'm envious cause i am envious because I wish I had started
1: doing this when I was 22 and, but it's fine. You know, you get here eventually, you know, I went through that whole situation myself where, you know, I did the corporate job and the whole thing. And I was always, you know, basically pretending I was working, doing fantasy football back in the day, there was no best ball, but they had mock drafts. And that was the way you got ready for your, you know, your, your, your seasonal draft and somebody would take Tim Tebow in the first round and ruin the whole draft anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> do you, uh, how many leagues are you in total when you count like your seasonal league? Do you play dynasty as well?
2: Yeah, I do play dynasty. So okay. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in three dynasty leagues. I, I play, I play everything except for auction. Really? Um, why don't I hate auction too, but you know, yeah. there's auction, there's
1: auction truthers out there. Yeah, there I, is. I do get why they like it, but I yeah. don't like it.
2: Yeah. I'm not a big fan either. I, I just, I don't know. I like the traditional, you know, give me a, give me a slot on the draft board and let me go dominate that slot. I'm not a big fan of, Oh, let me spend 45% of my budget on Christian McCaffrey. You know, it's like, I'm probably good on that. So yeah. I don't, I'm not a big auction guy, but if you like option, you're listening to this, then by, by all means continue with your bread and butter. I know some people love it, but yeah, I, uh, I, I obviously I played on underdog. I'm playing on any best ball formats really. Um, and then, what else besides um, underdog do you play your best ball on? Do you just, are you exclusive underdog? I know uh, you. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm partnered with underdog right now. So right now I'm exclusive with them, but you know, last year, like stuff on Fanduel, um, really, really draft Kings really like anywhere you can find it. I, I've probably been on it, but yeah, yeah ma- mainly, mainly underdog, um, yeah, mainly underdog. You know what's crazy about the underdog? I'm going to get into some dynasty talk and all that kind of stuff because
1: originally this is a dynasty podcast. Mm-hmm. But what we do is this time of year when we hit in July, we transition over to a little bit more season long. So we we dip back and forth. My true love is dynasty. I'm one of those sickos that's in 28 dynasty leagues. And it's honestly, it's too much. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, like I have a serious problem. I, I'm addicted to drafting. But that's what best ball was created for, right? Because we love yeah. to draft our teams. And what I've noticed about uh, best ball well, underdog specifically is that the ADP is so sharp now that it's so yeah. hard to gain an edge. So that's my first question to you is yeah. when you're drafting best ball, what do you think the edges in 2022? What's your advantage versus the field?
2: So like you mentioned, it's really hard on underdog to find the edge because ADP is being updated every single day. So even players who are lazy, who don't want to like really be on top of things, the ADP is updated for them so often that they can just rely on picking a top rated player. So that's difficult, right? When you have, formats like sleeper and Yahoo and ESPN that don't update as often. So you can get away with finding steals there, but on underdog, I think um, a a little bit of it is like, you, like, like, guys, like, I don't know if you remember like the hype around Gabriel Davis when it first happened, but like his ADP skyrocket I think he was like wide receiver 11 at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, there's geez. guys like that. Jesus, like, that's like, high. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he, yeah. He was, he was really high at one point. Um, and it was right after his like his like four, it was like the four touchdown hype and playoffs and stuff like that. But like when stuff like that happens in, in underdog and in, in best ball formats, specifically on underdog, it's really easy to find an edge on the guys who everyone loves. So, you, so I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding those players, right? So if I'm, if I'm avoiding guys like, like a, like a Jalen Waddle, someone who's, I think he's like, wide does she 13 right now? Or like mm-hmm. a Gabriel Davis or um, like a Michael Pittman. Like I'm just not in on Michael Pittman. Like guy, guys like that. I think that's where you find the edge because people, everyone thinks they're a sharp who's playing underdog. I think that's where you can find your edges. People who think they're sharps are skyrocketing the ADP of these players who are really mid that you can find edges getting guys who are going to fall to you. Like Marquise Brown, who's a solid value right now, like Deontay Johnson, guys like that who should be significantly higher than Jalen Waddell waddle and michael pittman but they're not that's i like the edges.
1: yeah I, I think you you made a good point like we all look in the mirror and think we're a little bit more handsome than we actually are you know yeah. i mean but <laughs> uh, you know you brought up michael pittman specifically now michael pittman like i love michael pittman i love the player i just that the third round at this point right it's just too much and do you think that that's like when you play in your typical home league or office league michael pittman's not gonna be a third round pick but Underdog seems to have gone wide receiver crazy. That's not how I play best ball. I'm curious, one, if but I'm open. I, you know, I know there's a lot of yeah. credible players that win money just like going wide receiver. So, how do you play best ball? I know every you, listen. You do 100 entries. You're gonna have to experiment, but yeah. if you had one silver bullet, how would you play best ball leagues as far as roster construction?
2: Well, I think I think like you mentioned, people go really wide receiver heavy. I think the reason they do that is because they're scared of running backs getting hurt in a best ball format. Um, And they're like, well, I'll just find somebody in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, or maybe even the RB dead zone, which I'm not drafting running back there. Um, And and they think, oh, I can get a steal there, like a Leonard Fournette from last year, like a James Conner from last year. I'll find him. But the reality is they probably won't find him. Um, And I personally love drafting running backs. I've always always taken a more traditional approach to it, especially like I've already drafted 50 or so teams on, on my underdog leagues. Um, and I, I think majority of those of those teams, I'm taking a running back round rounds one and two, because in all honesty, I don't really feel that great about taking a receiver first round unless it's Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. I'm not taking Jamar Chase in the first round. Right. I don't know how much better he can really get from last year in terms of production. So it's or or like a Debo Samuel, not taking Debo. Like those guys or Devonte Adams. Like I, I would rather just get a Dalvin cook or a Joe Mixon or, or a Najee Harris or something like that. That really is a staple of my team. That is a consistent 18, 19 fantasy points in that running back position. They're not going to find in the eighth round. Yeah. So I, I take that approach to it. Yeah. Now you brought up Jamar chase. It's like, you know, I,
1: I've had this discussion with a lot of, a lot of uh, more people. I said, uh, you remember there was like six weeks last year or four weeks last year where T Higgins was the alpha and Jamar chase kind of faded to the yeah. background. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised in any given week if that happens again, whereas with Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, you'd be shocked if they don't have that 10, 11 targets right off the bus. So I agree with you there. Jamar Chase is, is like that. Um, when you pick him, the guy flexes to the room. He's like, yeah, I got Jamar Chase. But it's a victory lap, you know, short-lived. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, Justin Jefferson is almost considered a boring pick in the first round at this point, which is which is funny to me because, you know, it is an exciting pick. But I'm with you. Yeah. I like to build my... Uh, best ball specifically with four running backs that have job security. You know, even if that means, and then just go volume wide receiver because what's the worst part of fantasy football, Max? It's the having to decide between the marginal wide receivers. I'm yeah. on your TikTok feed. How many times are you getting questions about should I start this guy or that guy? It's like it's a freaking coin flip,
2: right? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it's almost like we can we can sit here and pretend we know exactly who's to perform like <laughs> the right way. Every we can pretend. But we don't know. Like, we, we can we can say, oh, this guy is playing team that gives up the third most fancy points. Start him over the guy who's playing the Bill Belichick secondary. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's valid. But a lot of times, like, these start-sick questions are are, are either so obvious or so close that, yeah, you're, you know, it's hard. Yeah, but
1: you have to do it. You're, you're a good sport about it because you actually answer everyone and you give them, you know, answers. But you have to because you have to be good. You know what it is? A former colleague of mine, Chris List, said to me that – it's not that people can't make that decision. It's that they want, it's almost like a physical itch, not knowing which player to start. And they don't Mm -hmm. even care if it's the right answer. They just want you to tell them who it is. So that burden of that decision is now shifted to you a little bit, not the blame, but it's pretty interesting. Now you mentioned a couple other guys that I wanted to ask you about, because I'm a little, I guess I'm, we're going to be a little different on Jalen Waddle. Why are, uh, so where do you think right now he's being drafted in these in the underdog around the third round Tyree kill in the two, three, I mean, you know, maybe Jalen Waddle sometimes gets pushed to the fourth. Why are you out on Jalen Waddle
2: versus, you know, maybe first yeah. the market. So with Jalen Waddle specifically, he had a had a year last year where one, he was not used to his skill set. Um, if you watch him in college, you, you know, he was one of those, he was a deep threat. He was a guy who you get the ball in his hands. He's, he's a great deep threat. He was 20, 30 yards on the field. And they did not use him that way. They, they used him on screens. They used him in the flat. They used him in, in a lot of ways that it felt almost like a running back in a way where like he was just catching short balls. And he had 109 receptions, something around, something around there, over 100. And, and he was he was a PPR monster because of that, because he was used not how really his skill set is. Now, you add Tyree Kill there. You have 160 some targets coming in, which obviously he's not going to see all of that because you have two at quarterback. They're going to run the ball, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, Terry Killen is is significantly better than Jalen Waddle, and Jalen Waddle is being drafted almost at where I have his ceiling. So in my rankings right now, uh, Jalen Waddle is my water receiver twenty four on the year. Wow, that's um, low. it's real. It's really low. It's so really you're not going to get him in any draft, basically. Per- per- pretty much no. And, and the main reason why it's so low, it's not that like a yardage thing or or a or a receptions thing, because I have him eighty five receptions for almost twelve hundred yards next year. It's a touchdown thing for me. I don't see him getting a lot of touchdowns, seeing a lot of touchdowns. I think, I think Mike Kisick, he's a better red zone threat than him. He has better hands than him. I think Terry kill is a significantly better touchdown threat than him. I, I really think he's probably the third or fourth touchdown threat on the offense. And with Tua throwing in the ball, who I think is abysmal. Uh, could, could legitimately you get like a
0: <laughs> I think two
2: was horrible. I, yeah, I yeah. yeah, I'm just not, a, not a Tua guy. I think he's not going to play in the quarterback position. I don't think he'll score a lot of touchdowns. And the truth is I'm not super high on Tariq kill either. Um, Really, really not high on him, but um, I just don't think that offense is to be very good. So that's kind of where I'm out with with Jalen uh, Waddle. He could be solid in year two, but I, I'm I'm not in on him.
1: Here, here's the the counter case for it, and I'll you know just so people have the you know because you're that's a reasonable take, but. With Mike McDaniel's the new coach coming in, who's coming from the San Francisco offense, you know they're going to want to run the ball. You, it, you could almost say, okay, Mike Gaski's the poor man's Kittle, uh, mm-hmm. Debo. You know we're not sure who the Debo is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of short passes, and like you said, Jalen Waddle already had. He's on that success track. I mean, hundred pass, hundred receptions in year one. Uh, you said that two Is you know he's listen. He's not really a great deep ball threat. Uh, uh, thrower so that does favor what Jalen Waddell did last year he has a little bit another level he could unlock I think Tyreek Hill is going to be a better real NFL player this year than he is a fantasy player it sounds like we're both down on him I've had so much trouble projecting him and Devontae Adams I I yeah. kind of help refresh the road wire rankings and those two players I just you know I haven't taken them that with Devontae going on the one two turn Tyreek on the two three yeah. so I, I think that Listen, nobody thinks Tua, like if he ends, if Tua ends up being Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, huge win. I mean, that's his ceiling at this point, right? And there's a reason they brought in uh, uh, Teddy. Uh, You know, if if it's not going right and they're three and two, Bye bye. There's no job over
2: yeah. there. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I've said on my TikTok too that like I think there's a legit chance that Teddy could start at some point, even, even if oh, two yeah. is even if he was healthy. Like, not even if he gets hurt. I mean right Ted, performance. Yeah. And you you because you know what you're getting from Teddy Bridgewater. Like you you yeah. do know it's like it's a very average, like make the easy pass, super accurate, won't turn the ball over a lot. Like you know what you're getting. Like, you can win games with Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, but with Tua, like he will throw games away and and will will destroy your team internally. So like if he's playing horrible come week seven, eight, nine, I, I, I don't see any reason why they don't make a playoff push with Teddy. So that also takes, uh, that also is in my consideration of why I don't love Jalen Waddle and Terry Cole this year, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I actually do like Devontae Adams though. I like Devontae Adams. You like team. him where he's going at the, like you would take him, if you were
1: picking on the, on the hook, yeah. on the 12, 13, you would take him there?
2: Uh I, I would take him on, on the back end. So in the second, if he was there, like with my, like, my first second pick in the, th- in the second yeah. round, I'd take him there. But I I mean, I'm he's not taking him first pick.
1: Yeah, no, he's going on like the on the 12 13. Ter- like, if you yeah. have, if you want him, you need to take him on yeah. your uh, either pick 11 or 14 or in that zone right there. That's yeah. he's a, and again, as more casual players come into the draft pool, he's he's still a name brand. He's still Devontae yeah. Adams, you know, that whole Derek Carr was his teammate that well, that you know yeah. it's like funny it's like people from 10 years ago I mean who knows if that chemistry still there all right let's stick with the Raiders for a minute because I think the Raiders are one of the most interesting teams this year you have Josh McDaniels uh coming over from New England I, I'm interested to see what this offense is about they just gave Hunter Renfro a nice little contract I so, saw that yeah yeah so I mean to me he's going to be involved in the game plan everyone thinks Darren Waller is a good player so we just don't know what that target distribution is. So give me yeah. your, your feeling on what you think the target distribution will be in Las Vegas.
2: Yeah. It, I think the Vegas offense is is really hard to project similar, similar to kind of like for me, the Packers offense is also really hard to project too for fantasy. Like I, the Raiders are just difficult because you have a guy like Devontae Adams who we can, pr- we can pretty much assume he'll see 140, 150 targets. That's, not crazy to say that. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw 170, really, with 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 Derek Carr. But you have guys like Hunter Renfro, who Hunter Renfro was wide receiver 10 last year. You have a Darren Waller, who's coming back fully healthy. And Josh Jacobs is a phenomenal uh, player, in my opinion. He was a great pass catcher towards the end of the year last year. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, so when I'm looking at, at this Raiders offense kind of as a projection, almost like an outlook for fantasy football for 2022, there's, there's two guys I really like. That's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. And there's, there's two guys that I'm not so kind of meh on. And that's Darren Waller and, and Hunter Renfro, which I, I probably will not have any shares of either of them because yeah. Hunter Renfro is going to go way higher than I wa- I would want him because he was wide receiver 10 last year. And then you have Darren Waller who's going in that like late round three, early round four kind of area. And that's not really something I'm super high on. I don't really love that all that much um, for him and how he looked last year. He had one really amazing week, week one, where he had 19 targets and 100 yards. That was incredible but then he fell off the face of the earth after that even when he was healthy so I think we could see a huge year out of Josh Jacobs like maybe even like an 18 touchdown year on the ground yeah. because of how good the offense I think is going to be and how many close games are going to be in that amazing division and the AFC being phenomenal um, and I think Devontae Adams will be phenomenal I think on the, in my rankings I have him at a little over 1400 yards and 13 touchdowns so I think he'll be great um, I don't think he sees like that much of a drop off even though it is Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr I still think he'll be this phenomenal fantasy football player but Hunter Renfrow and Derek Wall are just really not I'd interested in this year. I'm here with
1: Matt Jacobson and you should follow him on Twitter at fantasy football az. That's for Arizona. I like when somebody when people think it's fantasy football Oz, <laughs> right? I mean it's pretty <laughs> obvious what it was there. Yeah. Um you if you're not already following him on TikTok, uh I think one of the best files on TikTok and he's fun to uh to watch and the content he puts out. Uh just everyone remember want that this podcast is brought to you by Dynasty Odor. Uh, do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique, challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You have a complete control of your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now, DynastyOwner.com, and start building your dynasty today. A lot of these... Um, the, you know, the, I'm very grateful the dynasty owner sponsoring us, but it, it's almost seems like they're complicated for, but they, their pitch is that they're not complicated. So I checked it out the other day. It's, it's pretty cool. So I urge everyone to go over there. It's just as easy as running your seasonal league. And if, as you evolve as a player, you want to get involved in like one of these more complex, you know, nuanced leagues. I certainly recommend it. All right. I'm here with Max. We're talking about overdrafted players, overrated players. And the one that I, I, couldn't wait for this. I put him on the cover of the thumbnail. Is you're not drafting Joe Burrow this year at QB four, QB five, QB six. Uh, state the case.
2: Yeah. So here's the thing on Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow's getting drafted at, at his ceiling, realistically. It, it might even be above his ceiling. Um, he didn't finish QB four or five, six last year. He was QB eight or nine, um, if I remember off the top of my head correctly. Yeah, that's in right. what in what world do we think he is gonna have a five to 10 touchdown increase and a yardage increase after that phenomenal year he had last year. We just saw a 1400 yard Jamar chase. We saw T Higgins who was phenomenal. We saw Joe Mixon who was great. In what world do we expect Joe Burrow to just somehow take this huge jump to like a 5,000 yard passer and a 40 plus touchdown passer. That jump doesn't happen normally. So why would I take him over guys like Kyler? This is not even like the top three, right? There's, this is not even Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Herbert, Justin Herbert. This isn't even those guys, right? So, so he has to be at that level for us to draft him where he's at, right? And and if you're looking at, I'm looking at a guy like Tom Brady who's going four or five rounds later, who was the QB one through eight weeks. Why would I not take him? Because he's gonna throw the ball. He threw the ball the most times in NFL history last year. Last year. So why would I not want him over Joe Burrow, in, in my eyes?
1: Yeah, I, I it makes a lot of sense the way you stated. But he, here's what doesn't make sense from projection standpoint is that. Uh, most rankings have both Chase and T. Higgins in their top, let's say, 14 wide receivers. If there's two top 14 wide receivers, Burrow has to, I guess, like you said, QB8, but not QB5, QB6, where he's going. And you might say, what's the difference QB6, QB8? There's a difference. Sometimes it can be a yeah. multiple round difference. I mean, yeah. personally, I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. I feel like his job is secure for this year. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's not going to be Gardner Minshew this year in Dynasty. It's a little bit of a different <laughs> story as it's a yeah. a year to year proposition. Uh, the next player I wanted to ask you about is now. Obviously, this is all suspension dependent, but you had Deshaun Watson as your number four quarterback. Now, it makes sense, but where are you yeah. at on? I mean, you have if you're drafting today, you can't take him as the number four quarterback, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So so like my, my rankings for that specifically was was if he plays 17 games, um, which he won't. And we all know he won't, right? He's he's gonna get suspended. Now, with these latest allegations, it seems like he'll get suspended for a pretty significant amount of time, probably Take a, of a year. Do you think a year? I, I, I think he'll be suspended for for I don't know about a year, because I, I I would hope he gets suspended for at least a year. I, I would hope. But the reality is he's probably not. So I, I would I would say if I were to predict it for accuracy, I'd say get suspended for eight for eight games. Yeah, ten, ten, ten game suspension reduced to eight. See, it's Somewhere funny. I there. said I said they're
1: going to come hard. They're going to come with a, a full season, and then it gets reduced to eight. So I think yeah. we're we're saying the same thing here. So yeah. if you're projecting him for eight, all right, in a single quarterback league, you can't even draft them. But what about if you're playing in a super flex league? Can you can you sneak them in on the end of your roster if you have
2: to hold them? Uh, I I think if you can get him in like like the the last five or okay. six rounds, then yeah, sure. Like that's fine. Cause then then you can afford to to basically say that pick isn't going to give you any value for the first half of the season. But unfortunately in a super flex league, he's probably not going to go in those final five rounds. He's probably going to go he'll probably go in the first five rounds is probably where he's going to go. Um so there's really no value, I don't think, in drafting him in super flex leagues. And in diocese leagues, he's probably a buy because of I mean, I doubt he get he never plays football again. That's probably a very low chance. So or I'd probably, you probably want to see buy that him. take. You see that take
1: out there. He's never playing again, right? I that's, mean, yeah, I always me. I always well with where there's talent, there's always tolerance from teams, yeah. and he's being paid anyway. You know, yeah, I'm always buying guys like that. I'm buying the the year Tyreek Hill was accused, the year Kareem Hunt. I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. always buying there. Uh, you have I don't want to make this a two a podcast, but you have at 32. <laughs> Come on, man, 32. Yeah,
2: yeah. I have I have two low. I, again, I I I genuinely think Terry Bridgewater is, is is better than him. So I think that's that's why I'm so low on him in my rankings is because I, I don't think he'll start all 17 games. So I, I I'm just I could not urge people to not draft him any harder. I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a legit chance that he can start all 17 games. I don't think he's good enough. I, I think he's gonna perform at a really low level. The AFC is so good now that if you're not performing or if you're not doing what you need to do to win, you're gonna get benched. And unfortunately, I think he's horrible. So I, I don't think he'll start all 17 games.
1: Yeah, and that's uh yeah. That, that's good. I mean, listen, if he doesn't, then it's uh then you're, you're there. I like that. Um, all right. A couple other guys I want to ask you about, we're talking, I'm here with Max Jacobson and we're talking about players that are getting drafted right now. You're going to give a heart attack to, uh, to my Dallas Cowboy friends having Dak at 14. I still think he's an elite quarterback. What is yeah. it about that you don't like him for fantasy this year?
2: It's not that I don't love Dak. I, I mean, I, 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 I like Dak. I think he's a solid quarterback. Um, you saw him at, at QB 14. I, had, I have him at 4,500 passing yards, um, 30 touchdowns this year, eight interceptions. Um, so a really great year, like a really great quarterback year, actually. I just think this like 37 touchdown year he had last year is, is somewhat of a fluke. I mean, we all saw him throw five touchdowns against the Eagles in the final game of the season where they had third stringers in. So um, the NFC also, every, every team got better around him, right? Washington has Carson Wentz now. The Eagles had... Maybe the best offseason out of anybody. Maybe that's how the Jets and the Ravens had really good off seasons too. But this N- NFC has actually got a lot better, and it was really bad last year. So I think really it's, it's not that Dak's going to be bad. I think he'll have a really great year. I just don't think he has any rushing upside, which is why you're really relying on passing yards and passing touchdowns. I think it takes a little dip from that 37 touchdowns to 30. Um, and, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Dak. Yeah. You remember when D- Dak used to be good for about four or five, six
1: touchdown rushing touchdowns a year. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe there's a possible, and you're right. It's that's basically evaporated last year. You're not, you can't bank on any of those, but maybe it was because he was a year back from the injury. He's, you know, he's trying to work yeah. it out. If we can, if we can get three, four rushing touchdowns for him, I think that definitely puts him back uh, in the QB top 10 conversation for sure. All right. So, you know, again, Fantasy football one-on-one in single quarterback leagues, you wait for quarterback. I mean, I'll, I'll never have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen on any of my competitive teams for the reason that I, I want to take, you know, players in the second, third round. So every year there's that Josh Allen in the 10th, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Who is it this year? Who's the player that you're in
2: the eighth round, 10th round that you're yeah. like, bingo, here, I got it. You know, surprising. Surprising to a lot of people, I, I I don't think in best ball there will be that guy. But I'm going to talk about I'm talking about redraft here because I, I like like we've mentioned with with best ball stuff yeah. like the sharps are on those guys. So like yeah. a guy like Jalen Hurts would be the answer there, but he's he's not going in the ninth tenth round because right. the sharps are already not anymore. He's yeah, QB not anymore. six, QB yeah, he's Q, yeah, he's QB six, right? So yeah. that that would, my my answer would be would be Jalen Hurts if he's going in your drafts in the eighth ninth tenth round, then yeah, it would be him, but. I'm not seeing that. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tom Brady though. That's that's where I want to be be at with that. So isn't I, that crazy I, that he's the sleeper quarterback? <laughs> it's, crazy. it's 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 ridiculous, is what it's it is. Crazy. But, but you're right. I mean I mean when, when you when you throw the ball the most times in NFL history last year and and you're gonna throw for five thousand yards, you're gonna throw probably throw for forty touchdowns. You have Mike Evans on your team. I I mean, <laughs> the situation is phenomenal, right? He's in a phenomenal situation. He's still an elite quarterback in the NFL. He's gonna throw the ball a crap ton. And he's a throw for a lot of passing yards and a lot of touchdowns. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Tom Brady there, but I, I don't think there's that traditional like eighth, ninth round, 10th round sleeper quarterback. That'll finish this QB one or top five quarterback that's rushing upside. We don't have that this year. Um, Like we usually do like Jalen hurts um, last year. Really is what really what it was last year. People will tell you it's Trey Lance. It's not Trey Lance. Not, I'm not drafting Trey Lance at all. But you don't yeah. you don't like him for fantasy. I mean, just what yeah. what is it about him? Because you know you could yeah. certainly see that there's rushing
1: upside there, mm-hmm. theoretical. But we also <laughs> yeah. saw what happened to all the rookie quarterbacks last year. It's like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the the my concerns I have with Trey Lance is Jimmy Garoppolo is better than him. um And that, I mean that says a lot because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't very good. Right, um, okay. and, and and I still think Trey Lance will start no matter what, but. I, I just really don't see Traylon's having this phenomenal year. I I watched film of him last year and just the, the three games that he did play, significant snaps in, and just every ball was a duck. Um, it just didn't look good. He, his mechanics looked sloppy. He has rushing upside, sure, but if that rushing that upside, something. yeah, I mean, and yeah, and it means something for fantasy, right? He he, in my opinion, I think he's like. Probably the twenty fifth, twenty sixth best quarterback after next year. That's where I think he'll be. Not fantasy wise, just like NFL rankings. But he's my he's my QB fifteen though. So we see a lot of times in fantasy football, bad players are better than they actually are because it's fantasy football. So I think that's how that's how it'll be with Trey Lance. I have him over Aaron Rodgers, who I have at QB sixteen. I think he'll rush for like six hundred yards and four touchdowns and be and be great on the ground. I just don't think he has really much passing upside. Wow, you you would set the dynasty community on fire. I mean, dynasty
1: <laughs> he goes he goes in the in the superflex leagues. He goes on yeah. the one two turn, yeah. and I never understood that. You know, I I love getting the shiny new toy just as much as everybody else. But when you're passing on all timers like Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, just because yeah. you know dynasty players, the one thing they overvalue is or they undervalue is, is you, they overvalue youth and undervalue yeah. seasoned veterans. I mean, yeah. you have to see some of my dynasty. It's this is I think the edge in dynasty is to to look at the dynasty ADP and compare it to the redraft rankings. And when you have a chasm, like a player like Mike Evans, who's wide receiver nine in redraft and his wide receiver 25 in dynasty. That's, you know, those are the must buy players because dynasty. You know,
2: yeah. And, and I, I, I love dynasty. I'm in two dynasty leagues. And I think my like number one thing that I noticed with dynasty is people are obsessed with selling their really good players <laughs> and buying really young guys who haven't proven anything. Right. And what they find themselves is they'd never win a championship. And they find themselves in this this this, this cycle of, oh, I'm going to buy the young player, and I'm going to win in two years from now, which is cool. You can have that strategy if you want. I'd rather win, win, a, win a ring, though. And I, I can do that with Matthew Stafford on my team and Mike Evans on my team right now.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I uh, There was a poll on Twitter maybe a year ago, and it said, what's your favorite part of Dynasty Fantasy Football? And the choices were winning, trading, uh, acquiring draft pick. Dude, only 37% of people said winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know, like, like I, I saw a Cooper cup in the dynasty league traded for Kadarius, Tony, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and like a future first. It's like, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. I mean, we could, all. first of all, who knows if the dynasty league is going to be around in five years, three years, yeah. you know, I mean, these things yeah. do fall apart and yeah. listen, we could all be dead in 10 years. Who knows? Right. You know, we, yeah, I mean, the world is unpredictable, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, go, go in and just win now. Obviously you, you don't want to be, friv- it, you Treat it almost like, um, a, a financial portfolio. 50% of your players should be win now, maybe 25% upside and another 25% could be totally speculative guys. Yeah. Speaking of speculative guys, uh, we're playing a lot of best ball right now. Who are some the the most common question I get now is who are some of your favorite like round 15 through 20 guys that, you know, you think have a chance. So who are some of the, the players when you look at your roster
2: ship ownership levels that you're just like, oh, shit, I got too many of these guys already. <laughs> I think I think the number one guy that I think about when I when I think of like late round guys who I'm going to own a lot of is number one is Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love Jalen Tolbert. I, I have him in every single dynasty league I can possibly think about. I mean, I just, I, I love him. I think he's a really phenomenal player. I think he's a great receiver. Um, and I think he's in for a high rookie target share right away. Yeah. So he's a guy that you can get in rounds 15, 16, 17, 18, and he's going to be the wide receiver two for Dak Prescott right away. Michael Gallup has that ACL injury. Dalton Schultz is, you know, someone you think about, but again, it's a tight end and, He's probably yeah, a better but- receiver than he is tight end, but it's it's Dalton Schultz though. And he's in for a high target share right away. So Joe and Tolbert for sure, I think he could end up super high on my rankings, someone who could who could end up, you know, by this time next year looking at him as like a top twenty guy so yeah
1: the, Jalen, the, sure. yeah, Jalen uh, we'll get to the next part of the list but you said Jalen Tolbert yeah it's very it's it's almost like a if David think about if David Bell the rookie that's on Cleveland Browns if he was in Dallas people would be really excited about him yeah. because it's Tolbert he went to a smaller school he's kind of off the radar a little bit I, I like that call a lot and that must mean and I want to get back to some more of your late picks but you must think CD is just in for an epic smash this year right yes
2: yeah, c- CD's my my water receiver three or four um yeah, yeah water receiver four I, I I have him going for 120 receptions for 1510, so I think he has an All-Pro caliber year. I, I really think he's that talented with no Amari Cooper to just like take away targets from him, and really no one else in this offense. Like the offensive line is is worse than it is last year. Zeke is old and inefficient. They're not going to give Tony Pollard carries, even though they should. He's a better runner than Zeke. They should give him carries. They're not going to because they're, they're too hard-headed and they're paying Zeke too much money. So that'll just lead them to being in a lot of close games because the NFC got better, as I mentioned. And who are they going to throw to? They're going to throw jump balls to CeeDee Lamb all day. And yeah. It, it's
1: uh, if people that are regular listeners to this podcast just know that you might have triggered me with this Zeke conversation. So <laughs> we're, we're going to take a quick break and we, we come back. We're going to talk about Zeke versus Pollard. We'll be right
0: back. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. And we're back. That was for the audio audience, for the pop, for the YouTubers. We don't make them wait, Max. So yeah. uh, I'm here with Max Jacobson. I want everyone to follow Max at Fantasy Football Az on Twitter and certainly on TikTok, where he is just pumping out content every day. One of my favorite follows on all social media platforms, Max. Uh, I love what you're doing out there. Keep it going. I, I definitely see. Um, you know, you, you are going to be very successful doing what you love. Like your passion comes through. Uh, we're here with Max today though, to talk about some of his overrated players for fantasy football, a little bit of dynasty talk, but a lot of best ball and redraft. Uh, we were talking when we last left uh, before the break about Zeke and Tony Pollard. So I am, um, you know, Player Profiler does their draft kit where they have analysts from all over the industry. I, I'm doing Zeke this year. Uh, I am telling people to draft Zeke, not because I think Zeke is this dynamic player, but he is almost like a cannot-fail player. He's never – hit one of his superpowers, he's never even on the injury report. 15 games or more in every season other than the suspended season. It's not like you're taking him at pick eight like you did last year. You're taking him in the third or fourth round. Are you on board with Zeke? Just yeah,
2: basically?
1: yeah. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board with
2: Zeke and his fancy value. Um, yes. I, I, I just don't think he's that great of an in real life back. Um, Why? but he's on an offense that's going to be really great. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns and he, and he's always healthy. That's one thing that like is so rare in fantasy football is that we have the rule of 1500, which I'm sure you're uh you're aware of this, but the that there's really been no running backs in the history of the NFL that have surpassed 1500 career touches and been elite in fantasy football besides Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, um, and LaDamian Tomlinson did, uh, did, on pace did to do let that.
1: bell do it did Left bell get there
2: i don't think he got there i think okay I think he yeah was, well there you I, go I, I think he was already bad up at that point or like i think he might have been sitting out at that point
1: i don't want you to pass over this so you know a lot of people uh years ago people say age 30 right it's not an age thing it's a number yeah. of touches thing yeah. so yeah. explain to slowly for you know just yeah, underline yeah. that point what's the rule of 1500
2: so yeah so it's it's not it's like you mentioned it's not like an age thing it's not like the age 28 like cliff or whatever that that does have some some merit to its argument but what this what this this is is there's only been three running backs in the history of the NFL that have been truly elite fantasy football running backs after career touch 1500 and really what we're looking at is regular season touches not playoff touches because those you can look at those and you can say okay he's had so much time to rest in between those you're looking at regular season touches because that has a gives you a better idea of how 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 much usage this player is really getting in their offense? So, for example, you're looking at guys like Derrick Henry. Last year, Derrick Henry got hurt on on regular season touch 1,496. That's when, it, that's when he got hurt. So, so I yeah, you, you have st- you have stats like that, right? So it's 1,500. So if they have over 1,500 career touches. Odds are they're going to fall off a cliff in terms of production efficiency. They're going to get hurt a lot more, which is sad to say, but it's the truth. So um, there's only been three guys that haven't done it, that, that have surpassed those numbers being LT, uh, AP, and LaShawn McCoy. Now, Zeke is one of those guys who has um, already passed 1,500 touches because he's had so many over the course of his career. And, he, and he's been pretty good. So he could end up being the fourth player if he's really good this year. Um, and he's been a tough back his entire career. So there's really no reason to think he won't be. And he's a steal at ADP right now, absolute steal
1: right you don't and and there's the uh, i would say there's the case for going wide receiver early at the back end of the first round so if you want to yeah. take devonte or your two favorite receivers let's say you know it's aj brown or whoever it is you know your two receivers then you could still get who's probably going to be an accumulator RB one in the end of the third round. And you know, it's people rightfully like Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard is likely to be used a little bit more as an actual receiver in the slot this year. So I think you could, you know, he's a decent fantasy pick, but if you think about this is year four for Tony Pollard and how many like clear cut starts has he had? I mean, were you like, okay, he's two, one, maybe you haven't right. (laughs) And I mean, maybe you used him as a flex in a desperate spot. So I always think that he's a little bit of a roster clogger. Yes, he has that major upside should Zeke go down. But again, that's one of his superpowers. Uh, yeah. I love the Derrick Henry uh, right on the number thing, though. That's that's wild, man. Yeah. Right. So we're talking about some overdrafted players. Uh, you know, for me, I think the obvious ones you, you hit on uh, Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup. I mean, these late season injury, man, when I see people take them in best ball, I'm just like, oh, thank God they're out of the way. Uh, it's. Yeah. You agree with that, right? Those two guys, it's for best ball. You can't even roster
2: I, them. I, I, I mean, Michael Gallup is someone you can maybe like get maybe roster because he's such he's so late that you already have filled out like a solid roster at that point, hopefully. But like, what's the upside there, though? You know, like, what is it? Like, if you draft him at wide receiver 40, like, and he comes back and he averages 11 fantasy points a week, which is probably realistic for him, like, what value did you really get out of that pick? And yeah. as for Chris Godwin, like, he tore his ACL and was it, week 14? Like, it was late. It was late in the season, man. I, I just I don't see an excuse of taking a guy who tore ACL has had any problems in the past, had an injury history. I mean he he's had a borderline, he's had a he's been borderline injury prone. He's he's getting that tag pretty soon here. So it's like, mm-hmm. at what point are we going to be like, okay, we can't draft these players because of that? And especially a guy who tore ACL in week fourteen He's not going to be back until week ten at best,
1: probably. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to see him before Halloween, and I I would say Thanksgiving. But when I, it seems like people, do you know this? You get so many injuries that find you during the year there's no reason to start your team with an injury that's why I'm always fading the injury guy you know last year Michael Thomas this year Michael Thomas I mean you know yeah. he, he, I don't even know what's happened with with that guy so let's let's talk about the Saints for a minute I mean Michael Thomas certainly qualifies with our theme here is overdrafted players yeah Um. I mean it, which one of the Saints pass catchers are you going to be interested in
2: yeah I I'm like notorious for not liking Chris Olave. That's something mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of, a lot of heat for on TikTok is I, I made a video where I don't think he's all that great. Oh, I saw um, Why
1: don't, why don't you like him though?
2: My, my thing with Chris Olave from what I've seen, I've watched 12 games of him um, from his film from last year. And what, what I see a lot of is I, I really think that he just benefits from, from being in an office with Gary Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and in all honesty, how can a college secondary keep up with that? They can't right. play man. They can't, I mean, you can't with a team like that. You have Trevion Henderson, who is, a, 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 obviously, we love him in Dynasty for 2024. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy who is really phenomenal, too. So, it's like, I'm looking at that offense, and I'm going, okay, no team can play man. And if they are, he's going up against CB3s. Um, and he's really great in zone. Like, that's something I've always given Crystal a lot of the credit for. He's really great in zone coverage. He's, eats it, he eats in zone. He understands it really well. But he doesn't make catches outside of his frame. He's kind of, he, he, he is bigger when you look at him. No, and he, and he plays. Yeah. No, no yak, no yak upside. I think, I think he has average at best hands. Um, not a big touchdown guy. I I, I don't know. I I don't see the upside there for fantasy. I I think he'll be like at best, a decent wide receiver too in the NFL. As for Michael Thomas though, um, with, with what you're seeing about injury stuff there with him, like we haven't seen him play in two years. He's had a, he's had a, a medial ankle injury. That's, that's had him out for two years. That's a problem. And that's something that doesn't just go away. Um, so I, I don't see any real reason you could justify drafting unless it's like wide receiver 30 off the board, which like maybe there's some upside there because last time he played, it was wide receiver one. But I, I just don't see, I don't see the reason. And like you said, picking a team that already has injuries, we're going to have injured players. Why would I start my season that with players who are not even going to play? Yeah, and so maybe Jarvis Landry is the answer on the on the Saints.
1: By all all the reports are that he's just like this total alpha in camp. And if we can get some uh, DGAF uh, Jameis Winston, you know, I mean that that would be. You could see all of a sudden we look up in week three and like Jarvis Landry is like wide receiver like fourteen or fifteen just based on volume.
2: And and the thing is too, like he was injured all last year and like dealt with a lot of stuff. So like I'm pushing that aside. But um, the last time he played healthy with OBJ, I think it was either twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. He was wide receiver thirteen. There like at, he was like actually phenomenal. So um I, I don't see a reason why he can't be decent this year with with Jamo who aired the ball out. It's just an injury thing. Can he stay healthy? He is getting older. Um but yeah, he, he has a he has a path of targets right away. I, I think he's probably on equal playing field with Crystal Lava in terms of like target share, like right away. And then um I think obviously MT if he's healthy is the wide receiver one. But like he could still produce.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that you know we talked about a little bit earlier is that you know, ADP is so sharp this year that even casual drafters could just walk into their home league in August, draft ADP and have a pretty good team. And that's one of the knocks on fantasy football is that, you know, that's why I prefer three receivers, two flex, super flex. the more starting positions, definitely the more skills involved. A couple you know, quick questions is, are are you a kicker and defense guy, or you'd prefer not to have them in your redraft
2: leagues? Yeah, I think I think when you take away kicker and defense, you're taking away the, a little bit of fun and fantasy. I think I, I think sometimes we can take it too seriously because we love to call ourselves sharps and um, and we we make content in the space. And even for those of you listening to the podcast and watching on YouTube, like you guys are watching a fantasy podcast in in June. Like you obviously love fantasy football, but sometimes we can take it a little too seriously though. I think getting rid of the kicker and defense position, you can do that. Um, it's kind of impossible to really like pick a good one and like know you're gonna like have an edge there but like to get like 20 points from young way coup like <laughs> like that's like a feeling you can't even describe so like i, I don't know i like it but if you don't want to have it like that's completely fine it makes perfect sense well the reason
1: that so i agree with you like it, it's part of the game It's fun nothing better than beating someone with your kicker right especially yeah. and i like three four five you know i like uh fractional scoring for kickers so if you kick a 55 yarder, you get 5.5 5, i'm but, the same way Here's the the reason um, that I can understand why not having, it. and I've taken it out of a lot of my leagues because, like I said, during the I'm in like 30 leagues, and having to cycle through kickers and injuries and all that stuff, it, it's a little bit labor. So I think that a good happy median is go with team kicker. So okay. let's say let's say you draft like Evan McPherson, you have so you get Cincinnati's team kicker, and let's say you know he he gets hurt, whoever the next kicker is that comes in, you just you have him now. You could drop and pick up whatever. So team kicker because half the time, like right now. I just like you. You know who the fifth wide receiver is on some you know scrubby team, but I bet you you know it would be tough to name twenty kickers right now that have starting jobs. So team kicker, just like we do team defense, maybe a happy solution between those. The other edge I think that could be had in fantasy football is the waiver wire and how to play the waiver wire. So what is your basic waiver wire strategies? I'm fascinated by waiver wire because we all know drafting is about 50% of it, 60% of it, but how you play the waiver wire really does make the difference here.
2: Yeah. So the waiver wire, when I, when I, i like coach people preseason, like in their drafts during the season. Um, and the number one thing that I, I tell people when they're like, okay, Max, how can I win my league? It's, it's not, Oh, draft my sleeper. It's not, no, no, it's, it's you need to dominate the waiver wire because, if you can get one decent pickup on the waiver wire every single year, you can take that waiver wire pickup and trade that waiver wire pickup with another player and upgrade. And that's, that's what I do every year. So last year it was Dalton Schultz and Cordell Patterson for me. The year before that, it was James Robinson. So getting getting guys like that, if you can identify those players and be super active on the waiver wire, you can then package them for a really great player to a team that needs depth that had an injury. So that's what I did last year. In, my, in one of my dynasty leagues, this is going to make some people sick to their stomach. But after week after week four, when Clyde edwards had those two really, really great weeks where he had like over 100 rushing yards and a touchdown each week, and he looked like he was like going to be like that guy that we all thought he was coming out, out of LSU, everyone was like a little bit hype on him for a little bit there. I traded him, Cordero Patterson, a first and a second for JT last year in one of my dynasty leagues. And that was something that like, you look back on it and it's like, Oh, that guy's an idiot really in the moment though. It wasn't that crazy though, because Clyde had some hype Cordero was, was great even though he is old and you get a first and second round pick. And I I was the, I was the the number 10 seed in my 10 man league. So it looked like like the one-on-one too. So it made sense at the time now makes no sense, but you can do stuff like that with waiver wire pickups. So as long as you're active on the waiver wire, you're looking at guys who are, who are performing week in and week out. You can really just like stack your team. Yeah, and I and I also think that I, I advocate
1: when te- like where you have a budget, a fab budget, going heavy early because the longer you can get those guys for the better. So if there's someone that, that pops clearly pops and sometimes we don't know, but if there's, you know, basically you're around 15 through 20 picks anyway, or if you're in you know a 16 round draft, you know, those are glorified waiver wire picks anyway. So don't be so attached to those guys, put the hammer down and you get them for a long time. Now, sometimes you miss, but in leagues that allow $0 bids or free pickups, I mean, the key waiver wire strategy that I like is try to figure out who's next week's waiver wire, top ad and then, you know, add that guy for a $0 bid. That's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, let's, let's get into some, um, uh, so, some more player takes here. Uh, you know what I found funny is that, you know, everyone wants Kyle Pitts to happen, have the 1,000 yards, the no touchdowns, but it's so funny that, that Julio forever was like allergic to the end zone, and then yeah. you saw Kyle Pitts was allergic to the end zone. Uh, where are you going to be on Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota, and does Kyle Pitts, is he deserving of this top three tight end ranking?
2: I it's I'm really, I I'm well, oh, it's hard with Kyle Pitts for me because here's the thing, right? Like you mentioned that Julio was allergic to the end zone. And so was he, I think that was a Matt Ryan issue and not mm-hmm. a them issue. Cause they're obviously so great. That's also partly why I'm out on Michael Pittman. Um, but mm. I, I think that we're looking at Kyle Pitts who is probably the most talented player in his position, probably pretty easily. And he has 1500 yard upside. Like he could be an all pro easily, but he has Marcus Mariota at, at, at quarterback, and that's that's scary. But I will say the last time we saw Marcus Mariota um, play, his tight ends were pretty solid. Um, I forget exactly who his tight end was on Tennessee, but he was he was decent. He What's was it Janu Smith? No, it, it, I don't think it was. Ugh, who was it? It was, it was it was it was he was decent though. He was he was a pretty decent tight end. I forget his name though. Um, you're going back a couple of years when Marcus Mariota. Oh, yeah, was yeah, his, yeah, his yeah, we're going. Start. All right, yeah, keep, keep we're going. going. I'll I'll give it a look. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, but. Um, yeah, I think, I think Marcus Maria can actually get on the ball in the, in the end zone. Now I haven't projected, and I think this is a very like generous projection for him. I have him at 86 receptions for 1100 yards and six touchdowns. Hmm. I think that's like a nice little step up from what he was last year. He barely cracked a thousand yards. Um, I don't think he'll have this like insane year. And I think honestly at ADP, I think he's a bad pick. Yeah. Um, I think he's going a little bit too high. I think people are, are seeing the upside and the talent. They're like, okay, he could be so phenomenal. He could probably be tight end one if he gets the ball enough. But realistically, that's not going to happen with Marcus Murray at quarterback. We have to be realistic here. So yeah, I'm probably fading him at ADP, even though I'm going to love watching him. And I have him in one of my dynasty leagues, so I'll be rooting for him, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to pay one more bill here, Max. Reality Sports, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage the dynasty teams like a real general, uh, general manager. It's time to see what all the buzz is about in the dynasty community, free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round option, first rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. think it sounds complicated. It's not. The best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take more time than your standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite. Well, this is the platform for you. Still not sure. You could test out our general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code rotowire R O T O W I R E to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. online.com. We are here with Max Jacobson. Uh, tick tock goat. And of course, uh, I love the takes on Twitter. I-, I know you and I talked a little bit about social media early, uh, or are you now going to start focusing a little bit more on your YouTube channel, which you, I, I you know, I like your videos there and yeah. your Twitter. What, uh, I, what, it, what is the plan there and what do you want to do with that mass following that you have on tick tock?
2: Yeah. So um I have like one or two videos on my YouTube but just like it was filmed with, with the same webcam you're seeing me from right now mm-hmm. I, I just don't it's not high enough quality for me um I, I if I'm going to produce something I want it to be really really high quality I just and bought a, just, I bought a camera too for that reason yeah. I just got a new camera I'm ready to you know start playing Me around. as well I actually yeah. bought a camera yesterday it's it's on its way here from Amazon but um Wait, so what kind of camera would you get I, I got a Sony ZV1 so oh, sol- boy. solid boy. solid camera yeah, it well it'll, it'll be good enough I'll do some I'm planning on doing some YouTube content with that. I'm also going to do some vlogging stuff there and like going out down by, I live in in Tucson, Arizona. So down by the U of A University of Arizona, Wildcats and Mm -hmm. just asking people about fancy football down there and doing some like in real life stuff. That should be cool. But Mm -hmm. besides the point with, um, with TikTok specifically um, kind of the goal, the goal with that is to hit anywhere between 500 and a million followers within the next um, calendar year. That's kind of, that's kind of the goal. It's where I think realistically I could be at um, Mm -hmm. because the fancy space is growing on TikTok. I was fortunate enough that when I first started making videos on there, there was no real presence at all um, really whatsoever. So I was able to really get the top of the platform right away. Um, So I think I can, I can grow significantly on there, but that's the goal for, for that Um, YouTube content every single day, uh, potentially some Snapchat content as well. That's something that's been popping off for a lot of my friends. So something that I'm interested in, but just really full-time content creation um, really all over the board. What do you think TikTok does better than Instagram and why it's, it's growing exponentially right now? Um, Here's, here's the here's the truth. Here's the truth. I think I think this is a little bit somewhat scary for YouTube guys is the attention span of people is going down at a rapid rate um, because of TikTok really is what it is. Um, blame on TikTok. That's 100% TikTok's fault because it's it's just minute long videos and you just keep scrolling. If you don't like it, you scroll because yeah. you get that dopamine hit is really what it is. Um, so, slot machine, slot machine. I, yeah, right? it, 100%. That's, that's what it is, right? And you see a lot of younger kids have this issue where they can't focus for very long it's because of tick tock so um, with with, with tick tock I think I think that's the reason why it's so successful and why it's so big is because the algorithms one really good at giving you what you want to see when you interact with something you like they will show you that again I don't know how they do that but they do it really well um and two it's voodoo man, that shit is voodoo. I'm it's weird. You. It's really weird. It's really weird. Uh sometimes yeah. I get kind of scared from it. Um do you want to know, know
1: what a person's thinking, scroll through their TikTok feed. No,
2: no, seriously. No, seriously. <laughs> if you want to like get an idea of a person really well, scroll through their TikTok feed. Um, but also two creators that you really like, they will show you them again, whether you follow them or not. That's something that's really, really good about doing that. On Instagram, I've, I've tried to post a little bit on Reels. I've noticed that on Reels, one, it's like really hard to get views. It's really consistent. Like The algorithm is not very good. And that's just an Instagram thing in general. Um, and on Twitter, unless you know somebody, it's really hard to, to gain a following um, with like organic following. So I, th- I think TikTok is just really big right now because anybody, any average Joe can go and talk about what they love and they can grow a following in it, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, man. I had to, you know, a lot of these guys I told you that wrote a while they're coming around now, but, uh, they, they dismissed TikTok at their own peril. But when I was able to, again, I, I put all my energy wasn't it, but I, for like a month or two, I just went all in. I made some good TikToks, and I took it from, from zero to 3000, you know, and again, in a, two months and then they were like oh okay i get it now but yeah but you know then i i started fighting with them about the 15 uh, year olds dancing on it so <laughs> i think but well now i mean i you see a stat out there that 40 percent of the app is 30 year olds and above at this point so it's you know it's starting to go what what happened with if facebook you know a decade ago what's happening with instagram now and uh, eventually you know tiktok will start to skew older and older and there'll be another app how about Pinterest? I start hearing once in a while about Pinterest. Any, uh, have you played around with posting content on there? I've done it with LinkedIn because you know, there's not a lot of fantasy football content on there. I'm not sure if I have zeroed in that. But how about some other social media platforms uh, like the two I just mentioned?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not on LinkedIn or, 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 or Pinterest. I'm not really on those platforms. I, I probably should be on them, but I'm just not. So uh, I don't know much about them. I'm okay. not really all that familiar with them, but um, I know they're, they're, they're good social media platforms. I'm just not on them personally. Yeah, no, I,
1: it's funny. I love talking about social media, especially people that have have figured it out, because uh, you know it, everyone has these preconceived that social media bad. No, social media is really good. You know, yeah. it's it's free marketing. It's a place that where you can monetize. So, all right, I'm yeah. here with Max Jacobson. We're coming to near the end, so I want to get a couple hot takes, a couple bold takes. So, uh, you know, I, I can let's first define what a bold take is. We'll get a couple from you. <laughs> uh, yeah. A bold take is something, let's say, that has uh, a twenty percent chance or of happening something that's not likely to happen, but you could tell yourself a plausible story and there is a path. It's not just like, you know, it's not two is going to be QB one. We know that's not a hot take.
0: Yeah. That's just ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, so give me a bold call hot take, uh, as we're getting to the end here.
2: Okay. Um, just sort of glancing over my rankings. I think my, my hottest take is, and this is something you don't see very often, right? You don't see a Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase coming to the league and dominate, but, I do think Trey Allen Burks will be a watershed one this year in fantasy. Um, mm. That's kind of my, my number one. I think he has almost the exact same skill set as AJ Brown. Take away the great route runner aspect of it. He's just not a good route runner. Everything else, though, they're almost the same player. Great yak guy. O- almost like a, what could be a, a top five yak player like year one. Um, It looks like with with how talented he is, and he has phenomenal hands. He's he's huge. He's really fast in game. People will show you show you his forty and say he's not fast. Go watch any game he played. Go watch him against Alabama. He had two touchdowns, 180 yards. Like it's he's a phenomenal player. I think he'll be a top uh, top 12 fantasy receiver this year. He's my wide receiver 10, um, or excuse me, wide receiver 11. I have him at 76 for 1109 um, this year. I think he'll have a phenomenal rookie year. I I don't think it'll be the caliber of Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, but he is probably one of my guys who I'm drafting literally everywhere. Green Bay
1: is probably very tilted. They didn't get him this year. I think that's the guy that they wanted. Uh, You know, I still think there's a, you know, but uh, that is a hot take. It's that, you know, because I I could see the upside. I totally could see the upside. I mean, the first round pick, it's a one for one, you know, with AJ Brown, he should get those targets, but it's hard not to see the, like you could see that Des Bryant 16 touchdown season, but just hard not to think that could he be JJ or Sega Whiteside? Could it be a uh, Dekeel Harry? Yeah, That's there's a wide range of outcomes, but this is a bold take, right? I mean, yeah. it, it is a bold take. All right, give me, give us one more because I really like that one. I have been passing on Traylon Burks in my draft, so maybe I, you know in the next uh, bunch that I do, I got to get a couple shares. So, what's your second uh, bold call? We'll call this a 20th percentile outcome.
2: Okay. Um... This one I think is is maybe not as hot as it should be, but I, I really think Dalton Schultz is going to be a top five guy again this year. Oh, I have um, him as uh, as tight end four, so I'm with you here. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, for for me, he's he's tight end five. He's right outside of Kittle, Pitts, Andrews, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see him finishing higher higher than Kittle just because. It's, it's George Kittle, and he doesn't ever perform Injury. to his talent. Yeah, and injuries, and Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to use him for whatever reason, who knows. And Trey Lance is going to tuck the ball a lot and run yeah. versus, yeah. so Versus Jimmy Grappler, who will just throw a dump off. Mm. So I, I think Dalton Schultz will be phenomenal, like, like maybe one of the best values in fantasy football. I, I could even see him finishing top three, um, only outside of um, – Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I, th- I think in this offense, we could see him hit a thousand yards. He's probably a better receiver than he is tight end. He's a great yak player. He's got good hands, good red zone threat. I think him and, and CD Lamb are probably my two biggest buys really across the board in dynasty. I love that call, man.
1: All right. I'm here with Max Jacobson, Max, tell them where to find you on Twitter, TikTok, And let's, let's tell people about your draft kit, which, uh, yeah. you know, I, I checked, I peeped it out a little bit on Twitter. I think people should, um, should, should, consider buying it i think that good fantasy players buy multiple draft kits they don't just get one uh, and if they take their league seriously and if you're in a bunch of leagues i mean a couple bucks here a couple bucks there so give all the promo you got a yeah, minute so everyone want the promos i
2: i, I will first off i appreciate you guys having me on um definitely didn't didn't want it's not just to come on just just a promo because i just like i just like talking fantasy so i appreciate you guys having me on but yeah on on tiktok it's fancy football az on twitter it's fancy f ball az so no foot in there, but fancy f ball. Everything's linked um, in the video too, just so you know. Yeah, sweet. Uh, so yeah, you guys can check it out there if you want to check it out. If you don't, by all means, just keep listening to the to the <laughs> Road to Wire podcast and stuff like that. But yeah, for for the draft guide, I, I what I did is I, I took a month or two to really just write out a couple guys I like. So there's about a breakdown on 20 different players in there. Um, there's rankings for every single position. And um, yeah, I agree with you, Julia. I, I, I'm big on Schultz this year. Big on Schultz. I like him <laughs> a lot. But the draft guide's only 10 bucks. I wanted to make it super cheap. Um, I see guys charging $80, $90 for a draft guide. And, it's like, and I get it. It takes a lot of work. I want the kid who's 15 years old who's just getting started in fantasy, who wants to beat his friends, I want him to be able to afford it. So that's that's kind of what I do with the price point. Um, and then with that draft guide, you can always, t- always DM me on Twitter, DM me on Discord, stuff like that. And I'll, I'm always willing to just give a breakdown on a player that wasn't in there that you always want to see. So yeah. All right, man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I'll be
1: following along as I always do. Uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like, you know, There's people have been in this company that I work for. We've been doing it for decades and really have it down. But I love seeing uh, new guys, young, fresh faces come up and, and getting ready to take the, the fantasy football space by storm. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting with people too. I love when you fight with people. That's one of my favorite parts. I know <laughs> it gets tougher and tougher, but you, you seem like you have the right spirit. You, you, you yeah. fight back a little bit. You're an entertaining guy. And I, I wish it. you all the success in the world. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. We'll be back on Thursday next week, not our usual Friday, because I am taking a vacation day on Friday. And we're going to have another Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Snow is snow is snow.